Hello and welcome to the Connect to You podcast where we talk about health, life, and feelings to help connect to a better you. I'm Mark. And I'm Ty. And just a little bit about me, I'm the owner of Connect You Fitness. I'm a strength and nutrition coach, and that's kind of where this podcast came from. And I'm also a small business owner. I own a uh, small furniture store, and Marcus and I have known each other for quite a while, about 12 years now. Yeah. So funny enough, Ty and I actually met in college. We went to RDC together. For those of you who don't know, it's a smaller college in Alberta. Would you say smaller? Yep. Yeah, Uh, definitely smaller than some of the universities and other colleges that have been around. We kind of hit it off in one of our, well, one of my first classes that I had, and it was a morning class at like 8 or 9 a.m. Too early. Yeah, definitely too early. And yeah, we sat beside each other in the back, of course, because that's where, I guess, trouble students sit. And I'm not even sure how we started to talk or anything like that. I'm pretty sure you started off and was probably like, hey, I'm Ty. And then I was like, cool, I'm Mark or Marcus. That is how my mom taught me to uh, approach strangers, was to introduce (laughs) myself. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there was never actually a point where I feel like we thought, oh, we're friends. We kind of just started hanging out and it all started from that class, which the teacher showed up probably 15 to 30 minutes late every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Real treat. And then, uh, so I left college two semesters later, and something happened with your phone. Yep. It got lost and changed numbers, and then you found it in your pants pocket. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we reconnected three and a half, four years later. Yeah, I was actually at work one day, and uh, one of my customers was from Marcus's hometown, and it just kind of triggered something in my brain, and I was like, oh, I, I knew a guy from there, and... It's amazing what the internet can find for you. After uh, a phone call or two, I had tracked down some of Marcus's family that gave me another phone number. And next thing I knew, I was on the phone with Marcus after a four-year break. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I had just woken up because of this phone call. And I don't even know what time it was. It was in the morning sometime. But uh, I had actually been thinking about ty and wondering what he was up to probably like one or two days before that so it's super strange that he called and even when he called i knew the voice still which i don't know i feel is kind of weird it was a weird phone call it was like hey can i talk to marcus yeah this is marcus hey do you remember like four years ago in college ty that's me yeah and uh so that day i actually came to your work yeah and then i don't know how long we talked for probably like oh, just two, the rest of the day five hours and yeah just kind of got reconnected that way so i love telling that story to people it's a good one and people are always they question whether i thought you were insane sometimes oh i think we've all questioned that uh, yeah and i know your wife tells a story and she laughs every single time that she tells it. And if we're in the same spot together and somebody's like, oh, where did you guys meet? And we're like, oh, we met in college. And then this happened. And then this happened. <laughs> yeah. So that actually spurred on for me because I had been going through some times at that point where some stressful times and just not feeling kind of myself. And that actually helped spur a few things on like you reconnecting where It got me back to a familiar place where reconnecting, had a friend from college who I really like spending time with and like talking with. Now we're still friends. Yeah, worked out really well. 
And, you know, I was in a real similar sort of situation, had recently moved to a bigger city, didn't really know anyone, just sort of work acquaintances and that sort of thing. And it was, it was, it was really nice to meet up with someone that I at least had some memories with, not was just struggling to make new memories with. So that worked out really well. Yeah. And it's funny because in your adult life, it's so hard to make friends when you're not in, I guess, almost a forced setting to make friends. When you're in like elementary school, junior high, high school, college, all of those settings are pretty much made to make friends, whether that's one or a hundred. That's just how that goes. But as soon as you go into your adult life and you start working and you move forward in your career and go from like town to town like I know with me going from town to town like small town to small town to small town and now being in a city that's really tough because I for myself I went from Edmonton then I moved back to Barhead and then uh, lived there for a while and now being in a city again coming full circle and all of that stuff it, it's super hard to just meet people in a smaller community and having somebody like you who I've met a lot of my good friends through really helped to get me back out of my shell so talk a bit about yes somebody from there was from my hometown but like what made you start that adventure though well it definitely takes a certain bit of craziness or braveness or something like that because you know nobody likes just calling up strangers on the phone but it's actually even a little bit weirder when it's someone that you used to know and you know the the time that had elapsed since i'd known you was far greater than the amount of time i'd actually known you for you know it had been three and a half four years and so it was it was definitely a little nerve-wracking for that but i don't know sometimes you sort of get a feeling that you need someone in your life or maybe someone needs you in in their life yeah we you know i didn't have facebook at the time and i don't know if you were on facebook or anything like that so it wasn't like i had seen anything and was like oh i should i should reach out to that it just kind of you know was was a connection we had made several years previous that had stuck in my brain it was one of those ones too that it was always kind of weird like how we fell out of contact and everything and it just felt like something was a little unresolved still in our relationship together so I, I'm not a big, you know, the universe was telling me what to do or anything like that, but felt right. Yeah. yeah. And even though you say it's maybe a bit of crazy and that kind of stuff, honestly, I think it's more courageous. And if you'd asked me at the time, I probably would have been like, that's insane. Awesome, but still insane. Where now I'm at a point where that kind of stuff is courageous because I know for me, I wouldn't have known what to do. And maybe I would have Google searched and been like, oh, maybe I'll try and find them on Facebook. But I had known, even in college, you weren't in, on Facebook. No, no. That much. And for me, I wasn't really either. But that definitely takes a lot of courage. And now I know that it does. And seeing that kind of stuff, that's why I'm perfectly fine telling that story. And I don't even get embarrassed when I tell it. And when people are like, holy crap, I'm like, yeah, I know. What an <laughs> awesome guy. Right? Yeah is my reaction to that. I mean, so. the best thing is I didn't end up wearing your skin as a cape. So uh, had it went that way, it'd be a bit of a different story, but... Yeah. Okay, so after talking about that insane story, yet courageous story, let's go into what we're doing in that lull period, that three and a half, four years. So for me personally, I had actually started working for a few different companies. And after Red Deer College, I believe I went to Athabasca University, took my accounting program. So Bachelor of Commerce, that didn't work out for me. Just like the teaching stuff didn't work out for me. Didn't work out for any of us. 
Yeah, there's three of us. Yeah, at least. All my friends are non-teachers from teacher school. (laughs) So yeah, I went to Athabasca University and I had been working at some odd jobs. I did work at one of the clothing stores at West Edmonton Mall. That was actually pretty crazy because Boxing Day, you don't want to work in those places on Boxing Day because they are door to door and any door that there is in there, it's people and it's you can't see who works there and who doesn't. And the store is just a mess. Yeah, lines to get in the store, lines to get in the fitting room, lines to buy your stuff. Yeah, not great. There's also team member lines to try and find ways to exit the building to go home for the day. To the overflow parking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, you're not parked in the overflow because you got there at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. To get ready for the battle. Uh, So after I worked at that closing store, so I was living in Edmonton at that point, and after I worked at there... I got a job at a financial company in Alberta and actually moved back home to my parents' place because the place that I started working was very close to there. And it was just pretty convenient, good way to save money, just be around family. And then after that was in a few relationships that didn't work out, but at that point fell probably pretty hard in love or at least what it felt like at that time. And became pretty dependent on those people both of us did in the relationship, which knowing now and looking back, that's not a good way to be because you can be dependent on somebody yet still be your own person. And that's what changed for me, especially going through that time. And I also wasn't talking with friends very often. And when people would ask me to hang out, I usually declined because I was hanging out with people that I was actually in the relationships with or on the phone with them or whatever the case was. I just wasn't branching out and still trying to keep connected with the people in my life. So friends, even family somewhat uh, was kind of being pretty distant at that point. I poured a lot into my career because I wanted to make a good go at it and I thought it would be something that I'd be doing pretty much for the rest of my life. Uh, And when I first started there, I actually didn't think that. It was kind of a thing that I could do work-wise, but I had an amazing manager and who really helped me see that I could go pretty far in that career. I had been working for that company for 10 years, no longer with them, but with work and the relationship that I was in, I just kind of distanced myself from everything else. And I went from being somebody who was pretty outgoing to being somebody who just couldn't deal with making new friends and even the friends that I had, connecting with them in a way that actually felt meaningful to me and even to them, because I've talked to some of them today about it, and they basically told me that I just wasn't the same person anymore. And it was probably because of the relationships that I was in, I was pouring so much of my energy into that rather than evening it out to everything in my life as best as I could. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, I know that when I got in touch with you that day after our friend hiatus, uh, your schedule was pretty open. You were able to come meet a friend that you hadn't talked to in four years who stalked you on the internet and called you out of the blue. But yeah, you had definitely seemed, you know, from what I could remember how you were then and how you were when we met again, you definitely had changed and you seemed, like you said, maybe a little bit more introverted or in your own sort of world. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, how you changed from a, an extrovert to an introvert or from an introvert with extroverted tendencies to just a straight hermit or? Honestly, I don't even know when it happened. I don't even really know how. I just know feeling wise, 
I just wanted to spend as much time with the person I was in a relationship with at that time. And I don't know if that was just me being like young, naive, thinking like, this is the person I'm going to be with forever. And that person thinking the same thing and us having those discussions together and like talking about our future. And none of that stuff was talked about being like, holy crap, we need to actually spend more time with other people other than just us. Right, yeah, to not enough focus on striking a balance, hey? Yeah, and being still quite being quite young at that time, like 19, 20 type thing, and having somebody where you have that feeling in your stomach where I don't know if that's what it feels like to be in love. I feel like it is. But when you have that feeling for actually the first time, it's it's a lot to take in and it's you almost want to hang on to that as much as possible so that it just doesn't go away which now i know that's not what you need to be doing like you can hold on to something like that but you don't need to only have that in your life you have to have other things other passions yeah Uh, and still being able to talk with friends go to games nights go i play volleyball badminton like i do so much stuff now but i've had to work into that kind of stuff knowing that it's okay for me to do that and it's taken a lot of work a lot of self-realization for me to do that going into like hermit mode after the breakup it's basically you had that one person who you'd always go to for everything now you basically have nobody that you go to because for me stop saying no to friends when they ask me to hang out i still would every so often but even when i was out with them i still wasn't me and it's funny because part of me knew that that was happening that i wasn't the person i used to be and i wasn't okay with that but I just didn't know how to change it or fix it or do anything about that. Yeah, you definitely get into a habit where it's really easy to just say no, right? Oh, you know, maybe next time or, oh, you know, you have excuses for this or that. And it's just, it feels a lot easier to make an excuse or blow someone off than it does to actually put in some effort and go out and see some people and put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and out of your comfort zone and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring that up because it's been even like semi-recent within like the last six months year, I haven't been doing this, but... Before that, my thought process has always been, if I go out, I'm just going to bring the mood down of everybody else. It never occurred to me that me being there around everybody would actually bring my mood up. Oh, right. Even though in situations, it's funny because in so many situations where we have a games night or you guys host a party or somebody hosts a party and I go to it because you pester me so much about it. I've made a point of inviting you to everything. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm thankful for that because that's... Like that's something that I need. My thought process used to be, if I go, I'm going to bring the mood down for everybody else. Anytime I go, that's just not how it works. Everybody brings my mood up. Right, right. And that's something I've had to work on in the past six months to a year of really changing that thought process. Because once something's in your head, you just, it keeps hammering you. And that becomes the regular, like, verbatim that comes out. And it's, oh, I'm just going to bring down the mood. So I'm not going to go. But then you have somebody like Ty who seriously, three hours beforehand, hey, are you coming to this thing? And I almost feel like I have to go at that <laughs> point because you've already asked me about four times. Yeah, I just guilt you into having fun. That's uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So what strategies have you found that have helped you kind of get out of your own head and kind of realize that you can take something from others instead of just inflicting yourself upon them? I do a lot of talking now about these kind of things and... 
So I write articles every week and I pour a lot of this kind of stuff into my articles, which helps me be more vulnerable and open. And then once I say yes to you or yes to any of my other friends, I'm going to that thing. Gotcha. Because okay. I'm not going to, I'm not the type of person to say yes and then later on say, oh, but, uh, mm, Unless something like super serious happens and I need to actually back out of that thing or if I forgot that something was coming up family-wise. But I feel so guilty and I don't like lying that once I say yes to you or anybody else, I'm going to be doing that thing. So what I've done instead is if I'm going through one of my weeks or whatever where I'm really feeling down, I'll just make the decision of if you say, hey, something's going on, you should come out. Instead of it being like thought of oh, I'm going to bring the mood down. It's more of, I need to take time for myself away from this situation so that I can do the next three or four things. Right. Because there's some months where there's so much going on. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, before it would have been like, oh, well, I'm just going to bring the mood down. So I'll try and go to one thing. And then I do. And then when I go to that thing, I'm feeling guilty because I didn't go to the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one thing that I do is as soon as I say yes, that yes is I'm there. So you're slow to commit, but when you do commit, you you always follow through. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to get faster and faster at committing to things. So instead of it taking you five times, it's maybe three. Oh, perfect. Well, I'll still keep following up with you five times. but uh... Yeah. And as I said, I've been talking about these things and pouring things into my articles, which helps it get out of my head and on paper. And then also seeing a therapist big thing so if you think you need to see one or anything like anybody who's listening to this go ahead try it out and it can help you i would recommend it because i've been going to see somebody and it's really helped me with this situation as well because that was probably one of the people who just told me to say yes and it's don't even give yourself an opportunity to say no just as soon as it happens just type yes or say yes Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a really good, like, starting tactic is just agree to more things, I mean, within reason, as long as they're safe and something you actually probably want to be doing or something you can see yourself enjoying doing. So now you would say you're probably a, an introvert generally. Is that how you would sort of identify if you had to look at that? Yeah. So I, like, I would say I'm an introvert with extroverted tendencies. So, and those tendencies are getting more and more where I'm extroverted. So I can spend more and more time surrounded by a bunch of people, whether in people I just met or like a mix of friends and people I haven't met. And that's just been going up the amount of time I can spend without needing to come home, spend time by myself, doing just basically nothing. And by nothing, I mean reading, working out, like doing that kind of stuff, but just being by myself. But yeah, it's, I would say, introvert with extroverted tendencies. I'm continuing to get better and better over time and trying to like find a good balance between that stuff. Right. And that's something we've kind of talked about before is like your your recharge time after being with a group or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know you and I are very different that way. Um, I'm, I'm definitely more extroverted and need a little bit less um, kind of recovery time from seeing a bunch of people and whatnot. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about whether or not you think your, your living situation has a big difference on that or you think that influences your living situation. I know you're someone that for your work, you ended up traveling and moving around a lot and living in a lot of different smaller communities and living by yourself almost exclusively at those times. 
Now, I'm a person that I have never lived by myself. Uh, I've never had an apartment to myself or had a home to myself or anything like that. So do you think that is a choice that you're comfortable with because you're more introverted? Or do you think that because you're more introverted, you end up with that choice? I think because I'm more introverted, it just lands on that choice. So I don't know. Living by myself was fine to begin with in a sense that I live with my parents, so I have my parents around. I talk to my mom all the time, and I still talk to her every week. Uh, and I talked to my dad and like we actually got closer at that point when I did live there in my adult life than probably when I was younger. But yeah, I think being an introvert, just that's just how it works. And when I moved to like place to place, that was just career moves. It wasn't like I had no thought in my mind and I didn't even know to think about this. And now I know to think about this kind of stuff. But I did not think about, oh, if I'm going to move to this small town, I should probably think figure out who's there that I could become friends with. How much of each age range is there that I could like play a sport with or like right, go curling yeah. or do whatever with, right? And that didn't even occur to me until I was probably like 25, 26 when I started thinking about coming back to Edmonton. Gotcha. Uh, being a bigger center, there's so much more to do. As I said, play badminton, play volleyball. I meet a ton of people through that. And it's sports that I like doing. So... I thought about that later on, but yeah, just, it never even occurred to me. It was just career move, career move, better job, better job. Well, higher paying job to higher paying job and moving forward. And that felt really good to have people tell me that like, hey, you're doing really good. You can do this. Hey, you're doing this really good. You're going here. And as I said, when I was first starting out in the finance industry, I... Like I poured so much into my career that at that point I wasn't in a relationship when I was moving small town to small town. And like at that point I had my career and I didn't until, how old was I? Probably around 24, 25. That was the point when my move to that, like getting closer to you guys. Yeah. So my main group of friends, that was probably the first time that I actually thought about it where I was like, this is a good, this is a move where it works for me. Yes, I'm going to be living by myself, but I'm going to be close enough to my friends that instead of driving like two and a half, three hours, now I have to drive like an hour. Right. Yeah. And uh, I remember too, because you're definitely the, the kind of like quintessential person that put career first over everything else, took all these positions that moved you out to the far reaches of the province and everything like that had you far away from friends and family and anyone you knew. Um, and I remember the the kind of last far out posting you took for that one was, I would say particularly hard on you as far as like your kind of overall mood and everything like that. Like we ended up seeing you quite a bit less uh, before you moved back to the city. And so do you want to talk a little bit about like how your, what your mental state was like when you were there? Awful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I can go into more of that. So that career move was, <clears throat> I, when I moved there, I had met that team in the summer and I worked with them while I was covering and they just loved the team. Like they're so good when I was there. So then I left and then a role opened up and some of the team members had been talking to me. 
So the role opened up. I knew the team. I wanted to work there. It was a bigger center than when I was at. Again, thought process was nothing like, oh, I'm moving so far. It was five hours five away. Five hours, yeah. So I went from being an hour to five hours away from my friends. And then I moved half an hour closer to my parents and grandparents. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of thing, that's not even good. Like, that's not a good trade-off. But it was just career move where I thought I should go. Because I always wanted to end up where I'm at right now. Right. And when I'd apply for positions, they're like, oh, you need to go to other places. You need to do these other things. I'm like, oh, okay. So that process was like small town, small town, small town, small-ish town to being in a bigger center. That was all career move because for me, I was being told that I basically needed to do that to get to where I wanted to end up. Mood-wise, yeah, it was just not good. I, I don't know how many times I said no. I'm pretty sure I made it out to one thing. And I think that was Cole's, like, the wedding. Right, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is especially for the way you were then when you're someone who tends to default to saying no, you living so much farther away gave you just such a great excuse. It was, you know, it was a five hour drive to anywhere. So it made it probably too easy for you to say no to so many of those things. Like you weren't just going to come out for wing night or, you know, uh, evening dinner or something like that. Like if you were going to make a trip, it had to be pretty much a weekend long thing with, you know, uh, accommodations at someone's place or something like that, or join it in with something else that you had planned to do at the same time too. And yeah, I know that while you were there, we heard a lot of no from you. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I was also working on my house oh, basically right, every yeah. weekend. So I was working on my house at the previous small town that I worked at every weekend for about a year. So I was driving back and forth to that. And so even finding time like to hang out with people, for me, I felt almost guilty to do that because I'm working on my house and I want to get that thing done. Because my dad is helping me with it. And, like, my dad, my mom, my brother would come sometimes. And, like, uh, my sister and my relatives, like, aunts, uncle, cousins. People were helping me get that done as quick as possible. But when I'm doing it, I drive up Friday, get there late Friday. Because from, I think it was a three and a bit hour drive, <clears throat> close to that. And, uh... So I'd be driving every weekend and then driving home on Sunday. Yeah, doing stuff, unless it was pretty well planned, like a wedding, getting an invitation. Like if you guys sent me invitations a week earlier type thing. Oh, I should have just I, mailed I invites. Made, <laughs> I would have made probably the same amount of things. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so because, mainly because I was working on the house because I even missed a few big events Yeah. that I hadn't missed even going through like my stressful times and my saying no times. I pretty much made sure I would get there for Canada Day weekend right? to do and that kind of stuff. And then in Bonneville, I, I either was like shingling or I was doing something big that weekend on my house trying to hammer that thing out. But yeah, there were some times when you guys would ask me to do something and it would be, I think, 12, anywhere from 12 to 4, you'd be like, hey, come on and do this. And I'm like, guys, I'm five hours away. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point... It wasn't even like a, I'm going to say no. It's, I'm five hours away. I need to drive there. And it's funny that I say that because I drove through a snowstorm to get to your <laughs> birthday on like super icy roads and everything. 
And if I had that mentality, I wouldn't have said no. I would have just been like, yeah, five hours, cool, I'll make it. Yeah. And I know you guys well enough to know that I could show up at midnight and you maybe were sleeping. Well, you know. Or close to that point. I'd catch but, you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but, but there would still be people awake who I'd hang out with that would be happy that I was there. Yeah. Not in my wheelhouse at that point. So do you think you ended up with just a really bad combination of a lot of obligations and also not the right mindset to have those obligations? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Because I always was like, I felt guilty that I wasn't hanging out with you, my friends, so that group of friends, and saying no as much as I was. And even though I had a reason of, I'm working on a house. Yeah. And I am five hours away, which are like, if you're in that situation, anybody, like, those are legit reasons to say no sometimes. Yeah. Because maybe not every time, but sometimes. But yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, I just, five hours. Five hours. Working on a house. And like, it was, it just made it so easy. And over time, I just kept building up that habit. And it's, it took, I was just super stressed at work too very stressed out at work and so that made it even easier to say no to things because i drive back and forth so like let's call it six hours of driving per weekend super boring trips lots of podcast time so i did learn during that time (laughs) about things that like mattered to me so i think i think those times for the drives and all of that stuff led into a point that i learned enough to know what was actually important to help me make a decision to get back to here, which is actually central to my friends and my family. Right. You can learn all kinds of great things on podcasts. (laughs) So now uh, another thing you kind of touched on there was had you had a better idea of what it would be like to move to a bunch of small towns and smaller communities and whatnot, you would have, made a better effort to look into what sort of activities and that sort of thing like you do you know badminton and volleyball and golf and bowling and everything like that that kind of comes back to a point we had touched on a little bit before talking about how difficult it can be to meet whether it be potential friends or potential romantic relationships or anything like that once you're outside of those sort of like forced interactions of you know, high school and and college and that sort of thing where you have all these pre-planned extracurriculars and everything like that. And it almost makes it hard to avoid meeting your peers in those sort of situations. And then you get into the real world and it can be very difficult to find people other than people you work with. And I know that was kind of a big problem at your sort of last post in, in Bonneville was that you had a lot of problems with the people that you worked with. So you didn't even really have those sort of relationships as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, meeting people as a grown up, basically? It's super hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've had to take a lot of time to actually learn about this stuff. And I wasn't lying when I said, like, I learned so much in podcasts where, like, I was listening to one where I was talking about, like, you should really think about where you're going to school and you should think about where you're wanting to work and places you want to work and like companies you want to work for and but not just think about it in the sense of here's that dollar amount or here's that oh I have these grades so I can go into this school type thing right if you have to upgrade upgrade and go into a school that's going to benefit you as a person 
So think about your attributes and what you do well and what's setting your best in, right? For me, going to the college that I went to was actually a good place for me because of the fact that I did know, like I knew my roommates when I was there and I knew a few other people that I didn't know were going to that school, but I saw on like orientation. And then you and I met and that just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of how to actually interact as an adult because you're actually you're older than me so you've had more time to actually go through that not much time but every little bit i think in the adult world helps you need to think about all of those things if you're going to a smaller town or to a community that you don't have many friends at that's cool but just understand that you're gonna have to do things that might be uncomfortable actually talking to strangers because for me talking to strangers is like I'm getting like I'm better at it because of my job and um, being in volleyball and badminton and everything like I have to do that sometimes but it's not easy and I know when I first started college and the first small town that I went to people knew me because of the fact that my last name like so then they knew me that's how small towns work right but yeah going to other small towns where I don't know anybody but people that I work with I didn't know what to expect other than, oh, I'm going to work my face off and try to do the best to get to that next place. And thinking back on it, I really should have just either like stayed where I was, which in a, what I mean by that is like stay in the city and yeah, working for a job that maybe I'm not as happy with at that point, but being at a place where I'm surrounded by friends, tons of friends at that point, and would have met you because you still probably would have called oh, i would have found you wherever you were yeah that, that wouldn't have mattered yeah and but the thing is you like you still would have called all of that stuff still would have happened but i think if i would have thought about that in a sense of who i was and who i wanted to be which i had no idea i just knew oh let's go to college and then figure it out from there if I recall, when I asked you why you went to Red Deer College, being as, you know, I grew up around there and you did not, mm -hmm. I seem to recall that your reasoning was, well, I heard Red Deer College has three times as many girls as guys. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess that's pretty solid reasoning. Yeah, that was my actual reason. I had the grades that I could go there. I had the grades that I could probably go to Edmonton too, but that college, my brother had gone to that college and the experience for him was good. And my brother and I are not the same people, but that was my reason. I was like, holy crap, if there's more women than men, that's a good place to be for, yeah. a, young, for a young adults. Doesn't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah, so that was my original thinking on that. And it's funny because that you bring that up because I forgot that I even said that. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't a mindset that really clicked. It was more of, I'm a young guy. That's the place I want to be and the college I want to go to just to see what that's like because you go from a small town to a place that's actually a city and then knowing I didn't even have to do much research into that kind of stuff I don't even know how I found out to be honest with you but that was my mindset was oh there's more women than men so I should go there because that's a place if I want to be in a relationship or anything whatever relationship I want to be in whether it's dating serious relationship long term anything like that that's where I should be and that was my mindset and I think it worked out when I was in college, having that mindset anyways. But yeah, never thought about it ever again. <laughs> I mean, it definitely worked out for me. That's uh, that's where I'm my wife. So Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, that, that's kind of a really good point, you know, about meeting meeting people when you're when you're grown up and, and outside of any sort of organized 
forced interaction sometimes it almost seems like it's easier to meet romantic partners or there's more i guess applications and procedures for meeting romantic partners than to meet like friends and peers you know there's there's all kinds of dating apps and everything like that and you can do the whole online route and whatnot but i haven't personally made a whole lot of friends since college one or two new friends you know in the last 10 years and almost exclusively in a face-to-face application through other friends which is you know and that's something that i've realized the value in and part of why i i always like to invite people and mix different friend groups and everything like that because you know it's it's so difficult to meet other kind of like like-minded people that you're not trying to sleep with yeah and even for me i like i meet my friends through face-to-face interactions like there's no i'm sure there is i just don't know of them but i'm i don't know of any that i would be interested in online type appy things that you would meet friends there would still be the face-to-face interactions on that kind of stuff the sports club that i play in i google searched it and it's called the edmonton sports and social club social being like a big part of it yeah i you meet a lot of people that way but that's the setting and it's it is kind of a forced setting but it's still it's a sport i love sports so that's why i go but otherwise like friend wise has always been for you or another friend. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, is another reason why it's so important to, you know, just say yes and uh, go to events and whatnot and, and meet people and put yourself out of your comfort zone to, to kind of broaden your horizons and expand your, your avenues. Yeah. Well, especially for an introvert, like that's, the world is actually a lot, like there's a lot of introverts in the world. Big portion of the world is actually introverted from what I've read about and learned about and everything but yeah for introverts and coming from me being somebody who was super introverted to a point that I just didn't leave the house barely to a point now where I do say yes to things and I like put myself out there quite a bit it it's important to do that kind of stuff and as I said before it's taking less and less time for me to re-energize. I probably do two, three days and I'm okay being surrounded by people where six months, well, probably a year ago, that just wasn't a thing for me. That just... Yeah, you're you're good for a couple hours and then you're like, all right, I'll uh, see you guys in a month. Um, I'm good. I'm topped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my like interaction, social interaction, it's a bar. And once it's overflowing... You probably wouldn't see me for two, three weeks. And then I might pop up after that because it's back down to way or to a quarter. But now the bar doesn't overflow because the bar is just that much bigger. Gotcha. Now explain a little bit because like we said, we're, we're very different in, in how we interact with groups and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, explain what that feeling is like when you kind of hit your quota for friend interaction, when you're, when you're maxed out. Like is it you know, increased anxiety or overwhelmed or you're just sick of everyone and just kind of irritated or all of the above or none, none. It's, I don't feel it until I actually get by myself. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The only time I really realized that it's actually whether my bar is like overflowing or not was the time when my drive home. Okay. Yeah. So in my drive home, sitting in a steering wheel like super close to the steering wheel and just tired like mentally tired not physically tired because 
I'd get at least like three hours of sleep, oh, yeah. which definitely isn't enough, but it's enough cool. to like, drive home. But mentally, like, I could just feel it there. In the situations, I never, was, like, interactions in the morning or anything, like, wouldn't need to be, like, okay, I'm, like, full on social time right now. Friend time? My friend bar is overflowing, so I need to leave. It was more of, no, I'm going to sit here and, like, enjoy this time. I'm probably going to be more quiet than the night before, which would be a trigger in that but otherwise it's it's the time when i'm not with people is when i'd feel tired and that's what it feels like to me is it's not like i'm not angry i'm not anxious i'm not any of that i just i'm just mentally tired at that point where i can like there's something in me that just says like when we get home we're sitting on the couch chugging water there's no TV on because I just want to like absorb what happened. And that's one thing that I started doing was that I didn't do before is I started actually thinking about the interactions and how they went and all of that stuff. And like, just kind of recapping my nights to see how I feel I did in those interactions, because interactions, whether with friends or like strangers or anything is like super terrifying for me. And I, I'm always in my head where I wonder if I said something that maybe offended somebody or if I did something where I should be worried about. And uh, so I think about that stuff now, and especially now I've been doing that, where I'll think about that stuff and kind of recap on my night, which I think is the reason why I can spend more and more time with people. It's just because I can chalk up all of the positives and that's just feeling that better and like increasing it over time. Whereas before I didn't even think about that stuff. I just thought I was like an idiot (laughs) and didn't, wasn't able to interact with people very well and didn't like connect to people really well. Cause that's a big thing for me is like, I never realized I hit a point where I just felt I couldn't connect with the world, even friends. I didn't know what to say. And it's, it terrified me to a point of, I'd say something, I'm oh, sh- like, should I have said this? Should I not have? What's the reaction like? And I pick up on cues very well. It's just, for me, it's getting through the fact that I can say whatever I feel like within reason, right? Like yeah. not to hurt somebody, but yeah. like say something and that person's going to be fine with it, right? Especially friends that I already have who know me and are know kind of my humor and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's just how that goes. And it's getting better. So would you say you've kind of switched to a little bit more of like a, a post-game analysis instead of like a play-by-play analysis? Like... Yeah, I used to have a pre-game analysis. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'd like try to think of, oh, if this conversation happens, I'm going to do this. And if this happens, I'm going to do that. Life doesn't work that way, by the way. No. Things never happen the way that you think they will because... That's just not the way life is. It throws curveballs all the time. And you just got to be able to like run with that. And doing a pre-game thought process of my night going out is a reason that a lot of times I would say no. Gotcha. Because there would be some situation that I'd think of and I don't know how I'd handle that. That situation probably wouldn't even happen. And if it did... Better just bail on the whole night just in case. Yeah. (laughs) And it wouldn't just be that. It would be the one, then it would be a next thing, then it would be the next thing. And it just... The sweat would start pouring and I'm, oh man, that's when I'd feel, that's when I feel anxious. Right. Okay. Is the pre-time 
the post time I didn't even think about because I'm just so exhausted because I thought about all this stuff. I still said yes. And I went to it and that was actually really fun. I really enjoyed that. And maybe one or two things I'd like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this because I still think about that stuff. Right. And Which, I mean, you know, self-reflection is, is important. You don't want to be someone that never thinks about that, but it's, it's kind of what you do with, with those thoughts and what you do with that information, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're an introvert, you got to do more things that aren't on your phone. Just do things. Yeah. Leave your phone at home. That's something that I actually try to do is I'll either have my phone off or I'll put it in my bag in wherever I'm going because I'm usually spending the night unless it's at my house. But I usually don't have my phone on me. Yeah. And if I do, it's off. And if it isn't off, it's just I don't even think about it anymore. But a lot of times I try to leave my phone in my bag because I suck at taking pictures anyway. So that's not going to change. And somebody else can take pictures is fine. But yeah, I, I try to make a habit of not having my phone. So I'm not checking it because that's, that's an easy way. Oh, I need to check stuff for work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't because it's 1130 at night and I'm trying to win a game of beer pong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Phone gone. It, it becomes a really sort of easy excuse to remove yourself from interaction and whatnot. It just kind of becomes another way to say no, right? Yeah. Um, while you're there. While you're there. <laughs> you already did the hard part. You said yes, you drove your, your five hours or whatever, and you got there. And then, yeah, I just hide behind your phone because it's like your little shield or whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good tactic just to, to bury that thing in a bag or turn it off or chuck it out the window or something. Yeah, yeah. So interactions very important and i as i said i continue to think about that kind of stuff and i continue to try to get better knowing myself that i'm an introvert trying to learn from my past i didn't just say no one time and then fix it and then it was good i did it i thought i fixed it then i went back and i kept going back to it right because it's it's something that is pretty easy to do because social interactions, that kind of setting, whether we're friends or family or anybody, it's a lot to think about. And now I don't even, I don't have a pregame now. Now I have a post that I think about stuff, which is a lot less stressful because I just go in and knowing that everything's going to be okay, I'm going to have fun and I can be myself, which would be another thing is when you pre when you think about things beforehand in interactions, it's harder to be yourself because you're thinking about instead of listening to what the person's saying to you and responding to that, you're in your own head already trying to think back to that thought process that you had before and if you can use a response that you had in this situation. Gotcha. So it's just one of those things that further removes you from being present and yeah. and yeah, being sort of in the moment. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting point you bring up about your your family. I, I have quite a large extended family and spend, you know, like all the major holidays with them and everything like that, plus a few that we've made up. Do you find you interact with family and friends the same way, or is it a very different feeling for you when you're with family? I, I know when you were talking about that, I maybe have, a, 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 I definitely have a substantially different process of how I interact and behave when I'm with my family that I've known you know, my entire life and I'm just very comfortable with. It's it's a place where I feel like I can be just ultimately myself and not have to second guess any of my, you know, thoughts or statements or opinions or anything like that, but sometimes maybe to my detriment. But yeah, when I'm with family, it's just, it's a very freeing sort of feeling and I don't end up 
thinking about what I'm doing or getting stuck in my own head nearly as much as when I'm with friends. So do you feel similar to that or is it is it all kind of the same as a social interaction and interaction or where do you stand on that so again i'm getting better at that and as i said the last year however long has been better for me in a sense that there's less there's less disconnect between all of that so social interaction is social interaction to me it doesn't change uh, whether that's with family or friends but i find that i can be myself just as much with my family now that like I'm at the point that I'm at that I can be with my friends okay so when I was the way I was before I'd have moments where I'm reaching to that person who's outgoing and can talk in that way you should be in interactions um, or at least the way that I think in my mind I should be in interactions I'd grab onto that person and I could do that with friends or family, but it was hit and miss when that happens, where now it's just it's just there a lot more than what it used to be. So for me, it's always been the same where if I'm open with my friends, I'm open with family. If I'm not, it's not with either. And there's been family that kind of bring that up with my siblings and everything, where, the, where did this guy come from, right? Because there was six other interactions beforehand that wasn't that way. Gotcha. Right? Where yeah. I was that introverted, didn't really talk, didn't really be myself to a point where that next time or that seventh time or whatever, it's me actually being quite outgoing, like being myself over the top type thing because I'm with my family, but I can do the same thing with friends. So, right. yeah. Okay. So for me, there's no difference between that. It's, it's all the same. So I, it is different than what you have, where with your family, you're just perfectly yeah. fine, letting loose, exactly, this is Ty. And then with friends, there's points where you do that, but I think it depends on the friends that are around. It's, right? it's because, a pretty tight friend group, yeah. That, yeah. And, and definitely, yeah, I, I have some friends that I've known for, yeah, as long as my family or I feel the same level of comfort and whatnot. So yeah. I, I don't really think it's like a family friends division. I think it's a how comfortable you are with someone and how long you've known them maybe or or how intimately you've known them. Yeah. Yeah. Being an introvert. And one last thing, because this will be the last thing on this one, I think, unless you have more questions for me on it. But for me, it's super frustrating going from being somebody who was pretty outgoing extroverted with some introverted tendencies to somebody who's introverted with extroverted tendencies because I, I knew the person that I was. I can see that person in my head and I'm not that person anymore. And I've come to terms with that now, but there was so many times when I was trying to reach for that person who I was in the past and I grasp onto that person for maybe max five minutes and then it's just gone didn't understand why that would happen but get super frustrated with myself and then bring up anxiety and then also wanting to say no because of the fact that i can't be that person anymore so if i can't be that person that's the person that some people know me as so i don't want to act anymore or feel like i have to act so where now I just come to terms with the fact that I am who I am. Yeah, I can be outgoing and everything if I have to. And I can spend more and more time and I do a post game instead of a pregame. I'm less in my head. But yeah, it's, it's super frustrating when you were a person, 
you wanted to be that person again, you weren't that person, and it's tough to come to terms with that until somebody tells you that's just not how it works. Like you right. can't, you can't go back. You have to be who you are now, and like try to do things now that were the best qualities from before. But one thing that my therapist told me that was super awesome was out of every experience that I've had in the past to always think about the positives out of it and things and think about things that of the person who I am today, what are the great qualities? Like what is something that I, who I am now personality wise that I wasn't in the past? Right, right. Okay. Just to, instead of thinking I'm not that person, I want to be that person. It's yeah, that's fine. Let's grab some qualities from who you were before and try to work them into who I am now. But what are the good things about who I am now? And I don't know, that to me, I had never thought about that. I, have you ever thought about something like that before? No, I, I have a bit of a different situation where I, I look back and I wish I was as outgoing then as I am now because I feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it kind of comes down to the same thing, you know, looking back instead of looking forward. But yeah, that's definitely a great way to think is, you know, how, how am I better now than I was yesterday or a year ago or 10 years ago or whatever. So I think that really helps you kind of going forward to just, you know, be a, a better person in general and be happier with what kind of person you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason. I heard that probably the perfect time that I needed to hear that because I was ready to hear that kind of thing. And then now where I'm at and the situations that I've gone through, I think I'm better at managing those things than I would have been if I hadn't heard that at that point. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. One thing I got better at is I I don't stalk people on the internet nearly as much. So yeah, well, there's only one me (laughs) to uh, stalk stalk on the internet and you found me pretty early on. So sure did. But yeah, so that's everything for episode one of the Connect to You podcast. Thanks for listening and We'll hear from us in yep. episode two. Oh, you get more of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank Thanks. you.